Hello, Dunker Punks. Welcome to the Dunker Punks podcast, where young radicals across the world share in our mission to walk alongside one another, empower one another, and take action to create a more loving world through relationships. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing from Marianesu Makofa, a Zimbabwean spoken word poet who will help develop the world. With a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's in organizational leadership, his goal is to ensure everyone is present to be their best selves. Currently, he is the Youth and Young Adult Peace Formation Organizer at On Earth Peace and the host of the bi-weekly Storyscape Spoken Word Salon. He is joined by Simi Gill, OEP's Children's Peace Formation Organizer. She has an extensive background in children's development and drama and theater. Simi is a recent MA graduate in Applied Theater, Drama and Educational Community and Social Context from Goldsmiths University of London. She currently works at Half Moon Theater and Little Angel Theater using drama and creativity with children and young people from disadvantaged areas of London. This conversation will take us deeper into understanding trauma within art and its relationship to both ourselves and our communities. We welcome our listeners to sit in a space that may be uncomfortable with a topic that's not often discussed. As you listen, I encourage you to think about the way trauma has or continues to impact your life, your neighborhood, and particularly your faith community. All right, welcome everybody. This is Dunkle Punk's podcast. Uh, Manesu back again for another episode and today I am joined by the lovely Simi. Um, she is going to be introducing herself as we getting along into this conversation but I wanted to uh, have this uh, session with everybody to talk about uh, trauma within the arts and so having this conversation with the, the community as well within ourselves is very important but we're going to dive into all of those fun topics for now. Let's introduce our wonderful guest Simi. Hi. Hello. Um, everyone, my name is Simi. I am the Children's Peace Formation Intern at OEP, as well as um, I've just finished up a Master's at Goldsmiths University of London on Applied Theatre and how we can kind of use drama and theatre in communities, schools and within sort of social context as well. It's lovely to have you and it sounds really cool that all these things you're doing and running about uh, I like that there's energy that it takes to have that a big heart to be able to jump into all these things. Um, but especially yeah. now jumping into this conversation that we have is one of those things that um, it's not easy to talk about. Or it's not always in conversation in community. So I'm happy that you're in the mm-hmm. space as well and um, appreciative that you're willing to have this conversation as we're jumping into talking about something that's very important and very um, present within our community. Thank you. And so to begin, I just wanted us to uh, jump into talking about uh, what is trauma, especially within like recognizing it. How do we recognize trauma uh, within community, but as well within ourselves? Hmm. I think um, it's a very, very big question to kind of handle and tackle. But I think for me personally, I think that identifying sometimes trauma in others can also be a sort of self-reflection within ourselves that within my sort of work with children and young people in various um, fields and communities and schools and things like that and doing drama and theatre with them, I can see signs of either distress or sort of things like 
a child is feeling nervous or feeling anxious and I can kind of see that in myself like I would be the same I'd be very quiet I'd kind of keep to myself but I think it's really hard to kind of define I think first of all to define trauma but to define recognizing it because we all we all we're all so different we all sort of inhabit different ways of of doing things and I think signs and symptoms of trauma and and how we how we kind of absorb it and how we kind of push it out of ourselves is very very different so for me it's kind of a reflection of what I'm seeing a change in behavior in people that I know children and, and young people that I'm well familiar with but also that sort of relational feeling of oh I felt like that before I've I can see that experience in myself if that's anything and it sounds like it takes a good amount of self-awareness uh so thank yeah. you for sharing that answer it really showcases the idea that it's not something that you just come to an answer in a moment or something that you like you really um experience in a one-time kind of conversation it's something that you're constantly thinking on constantly redefining in that sense so in that way that you're looking at it from multiple perspectives from not just yourself but from the other people around you how they're thinking about it and so what are different ways um the community can have that conversation or have you seen the community having that conversation as it's important in the way that we can define trauma yeah i think that in that sort of definition of trauma there's that always well, what's the support what's the alternative you know how how do we overcome it how do we deal with it in our daily lives and i think community is such a big and strong aspect of that support that um for instance we need we need that support we you can deal with things on your own and you can try to overcome things internally like we've talked about the sort of the recognizing trauma in yourself but i think at the end of the day we are humans and we really strive from like human connection and that that's that socializing and 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 um relationships that we have that i think can be built within communities um and and the things that we can pull from one another to create a sort of toolkit up for ourselves from the communities is really really strong thank you for that response i really like the idea that the community helps in discovering ways that we can all um deal with the things within ourselves as well um but finding ways to cope in that sense that we're finding different toolkits i like that term uh to cope with these uh areas that are difficult to talk about at times but that are important enough to have conversations in so thinking about that idea of toolkit um what are some ways that let's talk about art how can art be one of those toolkits and how can we use art to tap into finding ways of having that conversation both with the and within ourselves yeah i think um obviously as you sort of know we've had our conversations about the arts and 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 the various forms that it comes in in terms of your speciality of spoken word and me sort of within this sort of theater drama performative element um i think that the arts are so so valuable that every child person elderly person like everyone needs to engage in them because i think they have that way of giving us that tool to express ourselves express our feelings express our emotions but also to understand it and to recognize feelings and things as well i think 
especially my work with children and young people and, and sort of facilitating those spaces for them, um, it's really important to give them not just the, the, the way of expressing it through vocabulary because not everyone is their standpoint. If they want to go and make an art piece or if, if they want to delve into music or spoken word, I think there's such, there's such a variety in, in how we can express ourselves within the creative arts that it allows people to really delve into what they're really trying to say or, or what's really inside them or, or that sort of idea of overcoming these traumas and things and I don't know in terms of sort of your your journey through um spoken word if you find that similarly in terms of expression or if it how that helps you I guess as well yeah no definitely I think um through spoken word I've seen that there's a sense of being heard that's really important that comes out through creative arts so when you're on stage or when you're sharing a piece with maybe even just one person or even to, at a more intimate level when you're sharing with a person in the mirror um spoken word has this kind of vocalizing kind of moment where the thing that's inside of you is out now in the universe it's out now in the world and you can hear it's almost like an echo coming back to you and there's a healing that can come with that there's a recognition at the very least to say i have been heard i've uh, maybe not understood completely because it's hard to say someone will understand everything that I'm trying to convey. But at the very least, that the things that I've gone through, the things that I'm saying are important enough to have had the attention to be given. And so whether you're giving that intention for three minutes to yourself or somebody's listening to your piece for three minutes, um, it's something that really allows you to hold space. And I think that option of holding space really gives you the opportunity to begin that healing process. So I think spoken words, especially because it's become such a community arts um, space, it allows that kind of communal, we are here to listen to you kind of moment. And so knowing of your background with kind of like dealing with or helping within the art space of kids with uh, drama and kind of like the expressive arts, how have you seen that kind of coming about within your work with children, especially in finding ways that they're the word I'm thinking of is innocence, but it might not be innocence. The way that their kind of like spirit, true spirit comes out in, in like art form. How have you seen those kind of conversations happening within the drama space? Yeah, I think um, within, it's, it's very, it, I think it's a delicate thing defining or, or, or walking into a drama or theatre space when you've not really engaged in it for anyone, not children let alone. Um, some of these children that I work with, they'll come from various schools um, their schools or teachers may have, or parents may have been like, we need you to go to this because X, Y, and Z is happening in their lives. And so it, you're meeting all these children and various ages at different places and at different points on their sort of life and journey. And I think that, that the minute they walk through that space, it, it's that role for you as a facilitator sort of be that welcoming sort of guiding person to them, but also... For me, in terms of space, and one thing that I've learned over sort of my masters was about that we can never really say to our participants or whoever we're engaging with in this creative space that this safe, um, so that this space is going to be a safe space, um, because I don't think we can guarantee it. I truly don't. As much as you know, I can do all trainings. I can I can help support these people as much as possible we're going to go and be really imaginative and, and things like that i cannot guarantee their full safety somebody might say something that might 
spark something else in them or it may upset them in some way, whether in the space, whether a couple of days later on reflection. So I think saying to these participants, you're coming into this space and I'm going to give you a safe space is not guaranteed. So I prefer to kind of use the term brave space, which a few tutors of mine have used and, and sort of in terms of like defining brave space, I think is really, really important because it means that we're going to, as a group or as a community, we're going to go to places that are going to be a bit scary, a little bit challenging, and there's going to be risk involved. And that idea of risk, I think, is so present in arts and the creative arts space that it can be a little bit scary and a little bit dangerous at times where you're kind of holding some of these children on the edge of like, oh, they're going to explore something quite deeper than they ever thought they were. Um, and it's saying to them, no, this is a space that we're all going to explore it together. We're going to kind of hold each other's hands through it and, and I'll guide you through it. But we're going to explore it together and create this sort of brave atmosphere or creative space together. And thank you for that definition of like putting those two up together, because I really do hear a lot of the conversations on safe space, but really do I hear that conversation happening about brave space and brave space really opens up the opportunity to not just share the things that are happening in relation to um, how it might make others feel, but also allowing yourself to say, this might make you feel one way or another, but I'm not saying it to make you feel that way. I'm just sharing it because it's something that has occurred within me and something that is important enough for me to share. Um, and I feel that a brave space allows that better in, than a safe space because safe space kind of like silences you in a way that you have to keep everybody else in mind in a way that maybe takes away your voice in a certain sense. But um, not always, but I found that that's kind of like how the definition of brave space really gives that more leeway to have the conversation better. Um, Sort of as an example, I know for me coming into uh, when I was studying in the United States, uh, one of the things that I had to deal a lot with was imposter syndrome. So trying to mm -hmm. dive into the idea of um, you're into entering into this like foreign land, foreign space that no one really knows you. You barely know yourself as much and trying to like articulate a lot of the ideas that people are already attributing about you. And so the things that you have to now make sense of or the world that you have to now encounter um, there's a lot of information coming at you at the same time. You're like, am I able to actually do this? And so it has that kind of like anxious feel to it where you don't feel, well, I know I hadn't felt that I was strong enough to always like have those thought processes come together very quickly enough to answer like a question about my home country or if somebody was asking something about my experience in the US, I would have to be something that would be very like positive. So there was never that space I'd felt in a safe way to share that like, I'm actually not doing quite okay. I think the brave space would have opened up that space to say no actually um all the fast food here really makes me feel that like my metabolism is slowing down and i'm not moving as fast as i used to you know something just like that but also thinking about ways that like i'm not studying in the way that i used to i'm not really grasping information that i thought i was able to i thought i was a smart guy and then i came to this place and everybody's talking so fast i can't barely understand it makes me feel dumb and so those kind of like ideas of sharing that like that imposter syndrome and that looks like the poetry world kind of helped that to come out the kind of like writing it down on paper and being able to express that in spoken word that gave it the space to actually feel brave the space to actually felt like what i'm saying is having to come out on out of me from stage and not necessarily what the people on the audience are going to come away from with that but knowing that there's going to be a deeper conversation that follows and so i think that was the important piece of like having that conversation afterwards so 
what I would like to kind of like bring together on this table with you now is thinking about the conversation afterwards. Circling back to that idea of community, helping you within that brave space. How can we as a community help one another when somebody does come with something that is trauma related or something that really does uh, go to that deep level, deep rooted level? How can we now have conversations that build a person uh, rather than making them feel that the things that I shared are not going to be accounted for within the growth of the community and the definition um, of safety within the community? Yeah, I, th I think it's hard because I think what you were saying then in that sort of, whilst we've had been having this sort of definition of brave and safe space, I think there's more flexibility in brave space over safe space. I think people know what they mean by safe. It's always like, oh, make sure you get home safe or, or do that safely or, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to keep your safety in mind. But I think saying to somebody that, that this space is going to be a brave one is kind of a bit um, ambiguous and you're a bit like, oh, what, what do we mean by that? And I think that idea of the possibilities of where we can go is much more welcoming for a community to have those discussions or a group of people because I think the word communities as well I guess in terms of what we've been through in terms of COVID and, and, and things like that that people I don't know feel a little bit disconnected and so saying the word community feels a bit a bit unfamiliar and it doesn't really sit right but just even saying that the people around you to have those sorts of conversations about very heavy topics and that could be about traumas or about feelings and, and and just about anything having that sort of brave atmosphere or or vibe or, or over safety I think allows everyone to go you know what we can talk about something that's going to challenge me or challenge you and nobody has said oh we're going to keep it safe because I think when you put the word safe to me you automatically put a little bit of cushioning or, or, or boundaries around it which obviously definitely is needed. I think it's that idea of respecting people's boundaries and respecting what needs to be kind of brought to the table and brought to the creative expression um, space, I guess. Um, but I do think that the idea kind of helping it kind of tie in this whole conversation and, and why the arts and creativity with this kind of discussion helps is that it's also opened up to interpretation and I think you and I could do a session either a spoken word one or do one of sort of my facilitation in drama and theatre and we will both come away with something very very different even though whatever we're exploring the stimulus or the topic or theme could have been the same and I think that that's the most valuable thing out of creative arts and creativity um, in terms of these conversations with people that I, I've, I've gone in with children, I've been like, hey, this is what we're going to do today. And one child's taken it one way, one's gone the other way, one's done something I didn't even think of myself. And I just think it's it's incredible. And it, it makes me realize that there's so many avenues and open ways within the creative arts and within creative expression that these conversations, of course, they can flow in. That, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. I... A really big part of sort of my my background and my sort of dissertation in my masters was on how we can use creative education and creativity 
with children to teach them about racism and anti-racist behavior. You can, in the creative arts, you can delve into really, really deep stuff and, 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 but do it in a respectful way and do it in a way that isn't going to make people feel too uncomfortable. You can do it in, in, in so many different avenues. I just, I think I whether I'm being too positive or too, I don't know, I, or trying to champion the art so much more because I just think it's a shame. I don't know in, in your case, but the arts within sort of education in the UK isn't that well respected. And and, it, and even within the job career industry, it's not as highly recognised. And I think, and it's maybe a conversation for another time, but trying to wrap up kind of the thoughts and, and what we've said today, that's kind of where I'd kind of go. I thank you for that. That's really a good way to tie in that idea we've been talking on on how to bring in community as well, because um, it takes a village in that sense to create that kind of brave space, to bring in the creative arts, to bring in that conversation of like, this isn't something important that we want to talk about, but what are the mediums we can use to actually engage in those conversations? So trying to see as well where we are, it also depends. I like that aspect that you brought in, that in the UK, it's a different ballgame altogether, but also in the group that you're in. If you're in a school space, if you're in a theater group space, um, everybody's coming with something different from a larger community, smaller community, and internal community. So even in all those spaces, when you're having conversations about trauma, you can walk away with something different completely, depending on the space you're in, the people you're with, and how comfortable you feel in that space. So I think it's good that these conversations continue happening because this is kind of the things that allow the um, space to grow, if we're gonna keep that same metaphor of having that space kind of like increasing. But are there any final kind of like nuggets of wisdom or thought processes from especially your experiences and things that you've been able to experience within um, being part of Brave Spaces possibly, that you can say, this is something I've gained from having been in a space like that rather than in a safe space or having been in spaces where we're talking about trauma in a way that allows you to have those conversations? Yeah, I think um, maybe the biggest sort of nugget I would I give, I definitely think the concept of brave space is more, I guess, um, more approachable than safe. But I'd also say that this idea I, I, that I've really taken over sort of my my education and, and sort of experience with different facilitators is this idea of a toolkit that we need to look at ourselves as as facilitators or whoever if you're a facilitator or if you're involved with children and young people or sort of just in everyday life that we we can build upon our own toolkits you know our, our resilience our our skills and empathy, our and, and even in our skills as as people and, and different things that we can kind of pick and choose from other people that we interact with. I know like having spoken with you and, and your amazing skills sort of within spoken word and not that I have any any sort of to the about, you know, highly skills that you have, but I'm like, oh, what Anessi is bringing that is incredible. I can interpret that in my own way and, and I've gone in, I've done workshops with people and I'm like, oh, that game that that person did, I love that, I'm going to take that, I'm going to build it on sort of my own toolkit and then regurgitate it in how I want to with the, the participants that I'm with. And I think in terms of the creative arts and sort of trauma and, and, and nuggets and things to take away, I do think that seeing ourselves as just constantly 
as we're getting older and, and the more the people we interact with just taking it adding to our own toolkits or and even sharing your wisdoms then on to other people I think is a really big life lesson that I've sort of learned from both my work um within this sort of field but also just as a human being um, at the end of the day we are all just human beings we're all gonna go through our own sort of ups and downs and roller coasters that is life I like that, that process. And thank you for that image. I like the idea that we're all on this roller coaster of life together because in a roller coaster, there are other people also within it. You know, it's a collective kind of like oohs and ahs. So I'm glad that we're able to have this moment and share within this kind of like conversation and moment. And so thank you for um, having this conversation with me. It's quite uh, an important moment. I think we, we got to touch on a lot of good things. And I'm glad that we got to uh, have this conversation. So thank you, thank you, thank you for having it. Thank you for having me as well. It's been lovely. All right. And thank you for the listeners. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. We'll be back once again at some point with Dunker Punk's podcast. I love art. I may not be particularly good at many forms of art, but I admire the impact that it has not only on myself, but on communities. I recently visited the Museum of African American History in Washington, DC. My favorite part of the museum is the upper floors that house the art gallery and a lot of visual cultural elements with exhibits on movies, television, etc. I have been engulfed in the world of black art recently, even outside of it being Black History Month. I'm reading black womanist authors, black theologians, reminded of critical black films like The Color Purple and its Broadway production. Art itself for me has always been a brave space. It is a space where I can look at it and see myself reflected. I get to share in this sacred space with those I may not even necessarily know, but we are bound in this shared experience. Anasu and Simi touch on this idea of holding space for healing as a community that I find essential in our work as followers of Jesus. For so many of our black and brown siblings, the arts in all forms have been means to cope with and highlight this trauma. In many ways, it's the way that we see and understand trauma in spaces where the term may not ever even be used. Art has been a medium that empowers healing and community since the beginning. But where does our accountability as followers of Jesus stem from in the mission to be in community healing? I'm reminded of the story of Ruth and Naomi. When a famine pushed Naomi and her husband out of Bethlehem, they found refuge in Moab. Their two sons took Moabite wives, one of which was named Ruth. After a decade, their husbands... Naomi's sons passed away. Naomi set out to return home. Both daughter-in-laws insisted on accompanying her, but she told them to return to their own mothers instead. Ruth clung to her, refusing to leave her side, and then she said, do not press me to go back and abandon you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will be buried. May the Lord do this to me, and more, if even death separates me from you. And that is from Ruth, chapter 1, verse 16. 
We are called to walk alongside one another in their trauma without wavering. Simi mentions a preference of a brave space instead of what so many of us know as safe spaces. That journey was a brave space formed by a loved one. In a world where collective trauma seems to become culture, we need to walk with our neighbors to a new land together. As a church, what are we doing as a collective on this roller coaster ride of life to grieve with one another? To help one another cope with our trauma, both individual and collective? What does our toolkit look like? As Dunker Punks, we are radical lovers guided by a spirit of the upside down kingdom. We are called to be with one another in this sacred space of bravery to fill our toolkits and to be in intentional relationships. Whether in the medium of art or in each day that we wake, let us create these brave spaces together. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. The Dunker Punks podcast is rooted in the simple yet powerful love of God that drives all good relations, even in the midst of struggle. This episode was hosted by yours truly, Alyssa Parker, using she, her pronouns. Audio was contributed by Anesu Makufa and Simi Gill. Tyler North and Ryan Domer edited this episode, and Jacob Krause creates our music. Suzanne Lay manages production and communications. Wichita First Church of the Brethren, Long Green Valley Church of the Brethren, Living Stream Church of the Brethren, Warrensburg Church of the Brethren, Beacon Heights Church of the Brethren, Arlington Church of the Brethren, and On Earth Peace sponsor the show. Become a part of our Dunker Punks podcast family. Can we recruit 20 congregations to sponsor Dunker Punks Pod? Only $200 to support voices of young leaders like the ones you centered in this episode. Be a part of a movement that highlights young voices of faith, engages in difficult conversations, and mirrors the radical love of Christ through podcast. Together, we can literally value what young people of faith have to say. Email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org for more information. Will you be attending annual conference? We are currently recruiting interviewers for live recordings of annual conference leadership. Email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org to join in or recommend a youth or young adult. Create show art inspired by a favorite episode of your own faith journey. Create show art inspired by this episode or another of your favorite episodes or your own faith journey. We'd be delighted to share it on all of our social media channels. Or you can sign up for our periodic newsletter, either on the right-hand side of our homepage, www.arlingtoncob.org dpp, or by sending an email to us at our email, dpp at arlingtoncob.org. Until next time, Dunker Punks, peace and blessings.